This podcast is sponsored by Wessler Engineering. At Wessler Engineering, their number one priority is developing and maintaining their clients' loyalty and trust by providing the highest quality of service and treating their clients as an extension of the Wessler Engineering family. Founded in 1975, Wessler specializes in wastewater, drinking water, and stormwater projects, providing services ranging from master planning and design to construction administration and process energy audits. Their team is passionate, skilled, and ready to go above and beyond for you. They are dedicated to bringing your vision to life with each and every project and take pride in their work. That's why at Wessler Engineering, their clients are more than a project. Wessler Engineering is the proud sponsor of the AIM Municipal Management Institute Education Program. Good morning. Welcome to Ames Hometown Innovations Podcast. I'm Matt Greller. I'm being joined today by Mayor Chris Jensen, newly elected Mayor Chris Jensen from the city of Noblesville. Pleasure to have you with us on the podcast, Mayor. Um, let's just jump right into it. You have uh, been mayor for 10 days, not, ten days yeah. now. Uh, you've been around city government for years. You've worked with city government for years. Something surely has surprised you in your first few days. What is it? Yeah, I told somebody last night that we, you know, I've, I've been on the council for four years. I work in an industry that works with cities and counties across the state. We had an incredible transition with former Mayor John Ditzer, so we felt really good going into day one. But there's nothing like day one when you're actually sitting in the seat answering the questions that I think were ready to be answered. There were some decisions that were ready to be made on day one, and so it's just been nonstop since then. Um, I've learned more about... Um, you know, flushing toilets and, and building new roads and uh, logging into laptops and what all the way down to what slogan do I want on the city badges. So we are working through all those issues and I wasn't prepared for all of them. So 15 minutes after you became mayor, I think you hopped in a police car and did a ride along on New Year's night. I um, did. I kissed my wife goodnight, wished her uh, happy. Actually, I had to wake her up, kiss her, then put her back to bed. <laughs> she, she was long gone at 11. And uh, But I wanted to get out on the streets. You know, uh, public safety was one of our key pillars, and it should be for anyone yeah. leading any city or town. Um, and wanted to get out and support the guys and gals in blue who were keeping folks safe on New Year's Eve. And so I was out there for about an hour and a half and got to see some very interesting opportunities that we were faced with and just have really good conversations. So it was it was really exciting to get going. That's cool. Well, that's a perfect segue. Public safety, as you mentioned, is a, a pillar of your, your administration, pillar of your campaign. In a unique way, I think you're one of the few cities in Indiana that have a public safety director now. Let's talk a little bit about that and what, what you see and how that might work its way through your administration. To be honest, that wasn't really on our radar screen a year ago to have a public safety director. We launched a transition team in July because we were past the point of filing, so we knew we could start really talking about not just people within the administration, but how do we structure the administration. And as we had folks really dive deep into what public safety looks like in Noblesville, not only is it the front line of your defense on, on police and fire, but it's also 47% of our city's $71 million budget. Um, and as we start to talk about public safety, we're not just chasing bad guys and fighting fires anymore. We're dealing with um, substance abuse. We're dealing with depression and loneliness. We have the County Hospital Riverview Health right here in our downtown. We're dealing with a wide array of public safety issues. So to have somebody elevated um, to a deputy mayor level, somebody right down the hallway from me as a public safety director, really grew out of that transition report. We are the first community in Hamilton County to have that. 
Um, and so far, 10 days in, um, I know Chad Connect, who, who is our new public safety director, hasn't stopped working. He was at roll call at 5 a.m. yesterday morning to thank the folks for Law Enforcement Appreciation Day. He was over in the firehouse this morning looking at the boats, knowing that we have a ton of river or a lot of rain coming this weekend, um, concerned about flooding. So really just coordinating not only our internal public safety, but our external partners in this war on um, opioids, this war on um, mental health issues that we're faced with is key for us. You know, more and more so, mayors around Indiana are talking about mental health. You and I have talked about it in your role as a city council person and in your other uh, other life before becoming mayor. Where do you think we go as a uh, as municipalities in combating the mental health crisis that we're facing? Indiana, the stats are not great when it comes to mental health, suicide, uh, things of that nature. What can we do to, to help change that tide a little bit? You know, one of the questions I always ask myself, especially on a topic like this, is what is government's role? Sometimes government gets involved and can, quite frankly, screw something up if we sure. get too governmental. You know, one of the things that was said to me early on in our campaign by my pastor was he felt that behind every front door in Hamilton County is some form of, of loneliness, depression, addiction, uh, mental health challenge. And, and it shocked me. But as I knocked on 3,300 doors in this city as I ran for mayor, I completely believe that to be true. I don't believe any family is untouched by this. Um, what, where do we go from here? I applaud some of our neighbors here, even in Hamilton County, by just elevating the conversation and making mental health a part of our everyday um, leadership strategy. I think when leaders of a community are willing to talk openly about mental health, about resources around mental health, around challenges around mental health, talk open about suicide in adults and suicide in, in teens, it gives a level of comfort to the people that you're leading, to the community that you represent makes them more comfortable with that topic. And that's really where we've got to start as governmental leaders to say, it's okay. It's okay to seek help. It's okay to feel these, this way. It's okay to have kids who are feeling this way. You know, we dealt with it in a major way on May 25th, um, 2018, when we had a school shooting. You know, we still deal with the long-term ramifications of that. Um, not only for the, the students that were there that day, but the parents that were that are comforting the students, the teachers who still walk into Noblesville West Middle School every single day, are still reeling from that from that day. So we've learned that it, it, it has no discrimination. Mental health doesn't. We've got to get our community comfortable. We've got to elevate the conversation. And most importantly, provide resources and a place where folks can come and find those resources. I think that's where government's role um, is in this conversation. And, and with our own too, right? We often think about the men and women in public safety that they are tough and they're untouchable, yeah. but they're dealing with these issues every day too, not only themselves, but also on how to how to tackle it, how to address it. Rarely, I think, does a 911 call happen that doesn't involve some element of a mental health situation. So we've got we've well, to look at our folks too. Think about that. I mean, everything you read in terms of a tragedy in any community, you read about it and you're emotionally impacted by it. Think about the first responder who yep. was there on the scene that day, what they saw. Those are mothers and fathers. Those are, those are husband and wives. They take that home, you know, and how are we supporting our guys and gals in our police and fire department who are first responders and how do they process this? I have a good friend of mine um, that was that on the scene of, of a drowning of a, of a three-year-old and he was the one doing CPR that day when they had to call time of death. I mean, I can't even fathom what they deal with and making sure that we support those, those guys and gals is, is front of line because we got to send them back out on the streets to keep yep. us safe the next day. Switch gears a little bit. Noblesville is one of the coolest cities in the state, right? Yeah. I mean, you believe that. Obviously, you wouldn't want to be mayor if you didn't. Exactly right. That. I have a few things to say uh, about that. Quality of place. Mm -hmm. It's 
off the charts here in Noblesville. Why is that so important? What's your strategy behind quality of place and attracting people to come into the community and, and building on what's already been happening and even taking it further? Well, quality of place is such an evolving topic. You know, when I worked 15, I actually saw this morning that 15 years ago today was the day that Governor Mitch Daniels took office in the state of Indiana. <laughs> I, I texted Becky Skillman that this morning. Um, I worked for her for seven years. And, um, you know, back in those days, quality of, you know, you think about trails and, and those type of things, that was quality of place. Well, today, trails and whatnot are just expectations by the community. Yep. So quality of place is always shifting. We're also seeing in terms of our workforce development strategy and how do we attract millennials and empty nesters. They are now moving to cool places, as you put it, um, and then finding a job. Yep. So our strategy completely changes. So we have to confront it from not only a workforce development, but we have the historic downtown um, that so many of our neighbors are trying to recreate themselves. They're building their own downtown. We have it. We also have the White River flowing through it. I applaud the White River Alliance for really upping the conversation interjurisdictionally between Indianapolis, Fishers, Noblesville about the White River. How do we use that as a quality of place piece? Um, so we're touching on quality of place every single day. We're looking at ways that we invest from the city side and in housing, um, in business, and in those parks and trails. Because again, that's how you, that's a huge selling point now. It's not just your economic talking points, it's your quality of place talking points that are gonna lead your future workforce, your future residents to no cities like Noblesville. Yeah. It's delve a little bit further into that your pleasant street corridor uh pretty important to the city of noblesville what's been happening there yeah so i remember growing up as a kid in the 80s and people complaining about traffic in noblesville mm -hmm. and i think every every community probably has some form of a traffic issue um we've been talking about it in this and what really frustrates me a little bit is we really haven't done much about it we've talked about east to west connectivity in the city of noblesville since the early 80s um, we have focused a lot in the most in the last 10 years on north to south mobility here in Hamilton County with the 31 corridor Keystone being upgraded. You're seeing that now with 37, which is great. But if we can't move folks east to west in Hamilton County, we have a major problem. Yep. We um, are constricted by the White River, which again, probably our biggest asset, also a huge barrier to move traffic across the city. We have talked about uh, Pleasant Street since 1987. It's been on our thoroughfare plan since 1995. And um, I get a little frustrated because it probably would have been a little less expensive to build in 1995. But the time is now. The time was 20 years ago, but the time is really now. Um, so we are setting in motion plans. Um, we have applied for MPO funding. It's about an $85 million project. So if, if you were coming today to bring me a check, Matt, I appreciate that. Um, 85 cents. Thank you so much. Well, we're getting there one, one dime at a time. So we're, we're putting together a funding strategy for that. We have that phased out, but working with the federal government to make sure that we're protecting some historic um, areas in our city as we go forward with that. But I am committed more than ever that if we don't get traffic moving east to west in this city, all of our other projects, enhancing our downtown, attracting workforces is for naught because we have to be able to move traffic. We, if we want to showcase our downtown, which is what so many people talk about, you have to be able to get people to downtown. So we're hoping by the end of this year to have final plans and some funding in place for at least phase one to get us across the river. Um, the, the county has committed to the Pleasant Street, the White River Bridge, which is a huge partnership for us. If we can get from 10th Street to River Road across the river, that would open up another artery. We have two other phases of that to connect it to 37, then to go to the west to make it easier to get to our friends in Westfield and then on into Boone County. So we're well underway. It's not going to be easy. It's not going to be quick, and it's certainly not going to be cheap. But um, that is priority number one, two, and three for me in the Jensen administration. It's fantastic. Um, switching gears here just a little bit, you know this maybe better than anybody, any new mayor. 
uh, obviously your your first responsibility is to the city of Noblesville, but you also have responsibilities outside of the city. Um, you've been very involved in our organization from a legislative standpoint. Let's talk a little bit about the General Assembly. You know, how do you see your role uh, down in Indianapolis at the legislature influencing policy that has a positive impact on municipal government? It's essential for us. I've been honored to be the city council rep the past several years on the legislative committee. Mayor Fannis has chaired that, and so um, I've been honored to have a front row seat. I worked with the General Assembly for years in my time, so I, I have some relationships, although you all know those the players have changed quite a bit down there and are going to continue to change yeah. into 2020. But, um, you know, I, I would argue that that body of government at the state house has a major impact on what we try to do here locally. Um, I think it's essential for mayors to not only have relationships with their local representatives, and, and we're lucky um, and to have you know, Representative Chuck Goodrich, who is, was on the phone with me the other day. He's a new representative yep. um, going down there um, into his second term, but we communicate quite a bit. Um, but even beyond our local representatives, just building building relationships at the state house, I applaud AIM for having their legislative day. But it's more than a legislative day. I mean, we're in session it's with every them. Day. It's every day. Yeah. We have to show up. You know, you must be present to win. And and I've heard it before, and I hear it locally. If I don't hear of an issue until after the issue has cooked itself, we've missed an opportunity. If we're not communicating with our legis legislators well in advance, and one of the best pieces of advice Chuck Goodrich last session gave me was. Oftentimes, and he was a new rep, and, and I was kind of just getting into the seat, but you can't go to him five minutes before a floor vote and try to lobby against something. Nope. Give them the facts well in advance. Have a conversation. They host third houses here in their community. Show up. Have your friends and your neighbors show up and voice your concerns. They're willing to listen. I genuinely believe anyone down there is there for a good purpose. Um, and, and I would hope that they would listen to us as local leaders with boots on the ground who are really trying to propel our cities forward. So I encourage any mayor, any council member, any town manager to step up to the plate, get engaged, and be involved in these conversations. Well, and we've got a real challenge, right? I mean, roughly 70% of the General Assembly lives in an unincorporated sure. area at home, yet 70% of the state's population lives in a city or town. So sure. we have our challenges there as well. Well, as we start to think regionally, Matt, you know, oftentimes here in Hamilton County, sometimes the legislature views us as a community that gets all sorts of things, you know, yep. whether it comes to road funding. But we have problems just like the rest of the state, you know, and so we are um, sometimes have to double and triple our efforts in, in, in the conversation because I, I will make an argument that a strong Hamilton County is a strong Marion County, a strong Marion County is a strong state of Indiana. So uh, we have to double our efforts and build relationships down there. Speaking of building relationships, you've put together quite a team already here in the early days of your administration. You've plucked people from Governor Holcomb's <laughs> administration. You've... Uh, look to other areas around the state to bring folks in. Uh, talk a little bit about, we talked already about your public safety director, but you've got some pretty talented other folks working here as well. You know, I, I hearken back to those days in 2004 when, when Mitch Daniels went into office. And again, I know I've referenced him several times, but he's someone I admire a lot. But he was uh, magnificent at convincing key people to take um, maybe a leave of absence or leave a very lucrative mm -hmm. career to come into government. And, and play a role even for a short period of time, step into a role that, that benefits the state. And so I tried to take that approach with some of our hires. I wanted to add some capacity um, near the deputy mayor level just to help move the needle forward. We, if you want to uh, really propel a city, a mayor needs to be out in communities and maybe not even in your own communities selling the city of Noblesville. I have to have faith that there are folks back at City Hall that are moving issues forward. So 
we elevated an individual to be um, a director of community and economic development, kind of combine, combining our planning and economic development departments. Mm. They're really hand in glove anyways going forward. Yeah. So Sarah Reed has jumped up to a deputy mayor level um, to help coordinate those efforts. Um, and then Matt Light, who came from the state house, was deputy attorney yeah. general, chief of staff of state board of accounts. So somebody who is well-versed in local government, lives in Noblesville, I think was looking forward to that, not have that commute downtown every day. Yeah. yeah. Um, so he came and joined us as deputy mayor. We also took uh, a, we brought it, decided to make a change and bring an in-house city attorney. That's been a change for us. Um, it's been, it's already paid dividends to have Lindsay Bennett down the hallway from me. Um, when we come, when it comes to a contract review or a land acquisition question or a state statute, she, you know, we've been able to get answers weeks faster. We've only been in 10 days, weeks <laughs> faster than we have in the past. So we also took an individual from Carmel, um, uh, Kayla Arnold to focus. She was focused on their downtown, their arts and design district. Yeah. Downtown is a huge pillar of our campaign. So she is solely focused underneath the economic development umbrella focused on our downtown merchants, making sure that they feel safe, secure, making sure that they feel supported. Um, so we took the best and the brightest. And I laughed and I said, someday I look forward to folks plucking people from Noblesville. That means we've done a good job. We want to take the best talent and, and implore them here in Noblesville, but uh, look forward to sending them out in the world to make it a better place going forward as well. All right. Hey, we're about done here, but uh, favorite college? Butler University. Favorite pro sports team? Oh, I would say the Indianapolis Colts is a long-time season ticket holder. <laughs> We've Not talked, right That's now. a different podcast, right? It's fair. It's <laughs> out. Yeah. Favorite winter activity? Favorite winter activity? Uh, that's a really good – I would say snow skiing back in the day, but it's been a couple of years. Lately, we spent a lot of time in the gymnasium with my, my nine-year-old playing basketball. Yeah. Um, so I have little kids, so – you know, going sledding at Forest Park, which has a phenomenal sledding hill. Katewi, um, which is a county park, mm -hmm. is just up the road from us. They have snow tubing. So there's lots to do here in Noblesville and Hamilton County in the winter. And I'd cool. say getting outside as much as you can to burn off my little kid's energy would be helpful. That's the last question I've got. So talk a little bit about, you've mentioned her already, but your wife, your kids, yeah. how, what do they think about all Julie this? Julie Jensen's phenomenal. You know, when she married me, she married the city of Noblesville. They're pretty resilient. They're not impressed by me at all, um, <laughs> which is good. It's very humbling. Um, you know, my wife's a teacher, um, so she's very ingrained in the school system. Our kids are all in Noblesville schools. My son is getting used to being the son of a mayor's kid. I think one time he made a comment that he's excited to be famous, and I said, someday you will not be excited to be that famous yeah. when you get pulled over uh, <laughs> on 10th Street. But they've been, they've been great. You know, we have kind of had a different approach. I remember on the night we got sworn in, my son Hank was trying to uh, slide down the banister here at City Hall, and John Ditzer looked at me. Uh, we are 41 years apart, John right. Ditzer and I are. And he said, well, it's a uh, new day in City Hall. <laughs> and, uh, and so I said, when you get me, you get a, you get a five-for-one deal with Chris Jensen. You get all of us. So uh, you may get me at a meeting, but you may, may get me and a feisty three-year-old too. So That's awesome. Thanks, Mary. Yeah, thanks, uh, man. Your enthusiasm is fantastic. Thanks for joining the podcast, and I uh, look forward to working with Anyone's you. Anyone's welcome to come visit anytime. Thanks. Thanks so much. This podcast was sponsored by Wessler Engineering.